yeah, uh, we just want to, we want to set aside this time every Sunday morning to, to reflect on, on the spiritual journey. And at Ethnos, we really believe it's very much that. It is a journey. Uh, you know, spirituality isn't, isn't a destination that we reach. You can't plug it into your navigation and hit go. Uh, it's, it's very much, it is a process. And, and it's uh, something that we feel is, uh, benefits from, from having guides along the way. Uh, that we re- appreciate that many people come from different perspectives. Uh, we feel like the, that Jesus has a very unique teaching uh, around spirituality, and so we take this time just to, to look at some of the things that, uh, that he, he taught during his life uh, here on earth. To lead us through that time, through our discussion and reflection, we have, we have Young here. Uh, Young is on an exciting journey. Uh, he is uh, one of our resident pastors, so what that means is he is uh, spending two years with us, uh, uh, near the end of the two years, actually, um, to to just focus on what it would look like to start more ethnos communities in in other cities, and so uh, we are excited to have Young here, just a part of us, and leading our discussion today. Thank you, Young. Thank you. So Yukon, as you can see, is not here. He's on a family vacation. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you, but he's on a cruise. <laughs> yes. So I think uh, this may be the first time I'm preaching two weeks in a row. Um, so we will continue the story of Abraham. And as I said last time, the story of Abraham is um, sort of the symbolism of the real story of Jesus who came to earth to guide us. So as usual, let's begin with a question. Jimmy? Okay, there we go. All right. All right. How do you feel after you make, uh, you make a mistake of fault? Wait, that's not what I want. Hold on. How do you feel after you make a mistake or fall back into certain sin? Is that what it says? No, listen to me. <laughs> How do you feel after you make a mistake? Yes, this is a bit different. Or, mis- uh, or fall back into some sin. Okay? Understand, right? So let's take two minutes and uh, discuss, and we'll come back. Yeah, why don't some of us, a few of us share, okay, how do you feel when you make a mistake or fall back into sin? Um, Anyone? Last week you had one, thank you. Uh, So, feeling bad, but then kind of shame, um, wanting to hide it from others, make it seem like this is not something that you're struggling with, and it appears to be all fine, but it's something that you struggle with in private. Yes, thank you for that. I think that's everyone, right? Okay. Anyone else? Jenna. I share that sometimes I take how I feel towards myself and I project that onto God um, and assume that that's how he feels about me. So if I feel disappointed in myself, I'll think, well, God's disappointed in me. Or if I'm frustrated with myself, well, God must be frustrated with me, which I know is not true. But in the moment, that's how I can feel about myself and how I can see God. Thank you. Thank you for that. So true. So true. Anyone else want to share? Once again, I'm going to count to three. Anyone else? 
All right, Reggie. I'm, I just said it can be uh, defeating, especially if you fall back into a certain sin, I think. Um, you could have thought, like, hey, I've, I've came a long way from this, and then when you do it again, it's kind of like maybe I've not come along as far as I thought I was. So it can be, like, defeating sometimes. Thank you so much, Bridget. Yeah, so today we want to see how God feels when, when Abraham sort of makes a huge mistake. We want to see how God treats people when they make a mistake or fall back into sin. Does God feel the same way as we do? We all feel, yeah, Jenna, all of you explained perfectly. That's how we feel when we make a mistake and fall into sin. But we want to see how God treats us. We want to see how God feels. And that's the story today. So let's go to our text. Uh, Genesis chapter 20. Uh, it's printed out in front of you. Let's follow along. So Genesis chapter 20, verse 1. Now Abraham moved on from there into the region of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Gerar, and there Abraham said to his wife Sarah, She is my sister. Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. Let's pause here for a second. I think you, you remember this story, right? Why are we reading this again? No, it's not the same story. It's deja vu. He's doing the same thing again. This happened, same thing happened in Egypt. He tells his wife, wherever he goes, that tell everyone that you're my sister, that I'm your brother. And the king, Abimelech, sees that uh, Sarah is beautiful, and she says here, send for her, so just go, and he takes her. Now, later on, we will read that Abimelech really believes that he has done nothing wrong. Okay, let's talk about Abimelech just for a few minutes. He believes that he has done nothing wrong, just like the king, Pharaoh of Egypt. I want to pause there for just a little bit. Let's measure what he did according to today, after Jesus came, after Jesus explained the Old Testament. If you read Old Testament, Old Testament really gives us values. Does that explain? So what did the king do? He sees a beautiful woman, and he sends a soldier to take her away from her home and bring her to be his wife and his collecting wives. He had many wives that Sarah would be one of his wives. Now we, we read about these stories so many times. Oh, okay. If, if they did that to you, would you like that? King comes to your house. Well, you're young. King, king comes to your parents' house and takes you, young ladies. How would you feel? Oh, I'm sure there's some woman who will be honored. Wow, yes, I'll go. But what about Sarah? Do you really think she would feel she's honored? She would be terrified. She loves, well, the king didn't know, but she loves uh, her husband, Abraham. But does the king ask her, do you want to be my wife? No, he simply takes her. Now, that's appalling in today's standard, yes, but the king doesn't know that. He thinks that he did nothing wrong. And we will see some of the consequences of that later on. 
Now, let's go back to Abraham. Now, once again, it's the same story. Okay. He calls his own wife, Sarah, whom he loves dearly, his sister. Why? Explains later on, because he's afraid that somebody might kill him to get his wife. Now, if you hear this, if you see this story, how do you feel? Now, what is the word that comes to your mind? Uh, men here uh, with wives and girlfriends, what's the word that comes to your mind? Coward. coward. There we go, coward. Coward. And when I was growing up, we used to say wimp. You know, oh, my God, you're so wimp. It's just a wimp. That word came to my mind when I first read it a long time ago, and sort of still does. But there's a little story behind it, a little bit of a, uh, a cultural thing, a little bit of an explanation, but still, I'll explain it a little bit, still, even after that explanation that I read uh, in the commentary, still I think he's a wimp. So the explanation is this, in his mind, if he gets killed, the guy who kills him, will take his wife and abuse all the people, hundreds of people that, uh, that serves Abraham. It's sort of a family. He treated his servants well, like a family. So he has hundreds of people that he cares for. If somebody kills Abraham and takes over, he's going to abuse this family, take his wife as his. So in his mind, that is worse. So he says, well, for the sake of my life, say that you're my sister. Now, really, what would you do? What would you do in that kind of situation? Right? I think we'll do a little bit different, right? Right? I would never say that to my wife to protect me, myself. Right? Oh, let's fight together. If we die, we die together. I think that's the stance we will have, especially when he has so many young men to fight for him. At one time, he took 300 of his men and fought against an alliance of kings, and he won. So what is the issue here? Yes, at times Abraham is a super Christian, but at times Abraham is weak. And when he's afraid and fearful, he makes wrong decisions. So he loses his wife. All right, let's keep on reading. Now, uh, verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, God, uh, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is married woman. Now let's pause here for a few minutes. The promise to Abraham that he will have a child, that eventually the child will bless all nations, what it means is the child eventually will have a child, Jesus, the son, who will bless all nations. So really the promise of the son to Abraham, which Abraham didn't quite understand, is really the promise of his own son coming to earth and blessing all nations. So what happens is Sarah is taken. The child has not been born yet. The promise of God, what will happen to it? What will happen to the promise? So this is a big, big issue. So um, if king had touched her, that's the word they use here, if king has touched her, all the promises 
would be gone. There's no more promise. It will not be fulfilled. So what happens next? Verse 4, now Abimelech had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And didn't say, didn't she also say, he is my brother? I have done this, for, uh, done this with a great con clear conscience and clean hands. Now when God, uh, when God told the king that what he had done is terrible, what do you think would be the right, right attitude towards God? God said, you will be punished because of what you did. What is the proper attitude? Certainly not, not this. No, I didn't do it. I didn't do anything wrong. My, my heart is clear. My, yeah, my hands are clean. Certainly that's not the proper response. If God comes around and tells you, no, you shouldn't have done that, and God is angry, well, your response should be, really? Really? I'm so sorry. I will return her right away. But of course, the king, being prideful, he argues with God. No, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, my mind is, my conscience is clear. My hands are clean. And let's see what God says. In verse 6, then God said to him in, in a dream, yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience. Yeah, you did it with a clear conscience. And so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Yeah, don't wait until God threatens you like that. Yeah, don't do that. Just repent right away. This is God. I think Abimelech knew it was God. Just go down on your knees and say, God, I'm sorry. That's repentance. If you don't, well, it's not really a punishment that God brings. If we are stubborn in what we continue to do, which is not right, it's a mistake, God will certainly bring something, difficulties in our lives in order to turn us. And until we turn, we continue to have this difficulty. So when God shows us, oh, this is not the right way, oh, repent and turn around, and then you will be saved. You will, you will be blessed. So in verse 8, early the next morning, Abimelech summoned all his officials, and when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, what have you done for us? How have uh, how have I wronged you that you have brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should never be done. Abimelech asked Abraham, what was your reason for doing this? Well, the king is still quite angry, still thinks he had done nothing wrong, and now blames Abraham for doing all these things. Um, let's continue, verse 11. Abraham replied, I said to myself, there is surely no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, 
This is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say, to, say of me, he's my brother. Now, the very first sentence he said, that's the mistake. He says, I said to myself. When he left his hometown, it's called Ur, it's an idol-worshipping town, he listened to God and he did all that God told him to do. So his life, he depended on what God said. This is what God said, so therefore I will do this. Here, out of fear, he says, I said to myself, this is the mistake. In his own mind, in his own wisdom, worldly wisdom, this makes sense. Other people does it. Other people will do exactly what Abraham did. But that's according to his wisdom. God would never have told him to do this. That's why he goes into trouble. The promise is in danger. Let's go on. Verse 14. Then Abimelech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham. And he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, My land is before you. Live wherever you like. To Sarah he said, I'm giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover the offense against you. Before all who are with you, you are completely vindicated. So Abimelech finally understands after God threatened him out of fear, all the leaders, Abimelech told them, and everyone feared God. And I think that's the reason God spared Abimelech, because they feared God. God knew that if he told them, they would listen. So Abimelech finally, out of fear, out of fear, he understands what he did wrong, and he's going to return Sarah. And then... And then, the curious thing. It says here he gave, um, he gave Abraham animals, cattle, sheep, slaves. And then he gave Sarah a thousand shekels of silver. Now, that's a lot of money. If you're married back then, you would pay 50, 50 shekels of silver to the parent and bring uh, the daughter. That kind of tradition is still going on. In the traditional kind of uh, cultures, like Korea is still going on, you know. Uh, the man has to do certain things uh, to get married. Fifty shekels is still a lot. The king paid a thousand shekels for Sarah. I think there's a meaning to it. Sarah is precious. Why? Because she will fulfill the will of God. So I think Sarah... Uh, the one that will be the mother of all the family of God. I think there's a special meaning to that. Now, uh, in the last verse 17, Abraham, uh, a then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his uh, female slaves, so they could have children again. For the Lord had kept all the women in the Abimelech's household from conceiving because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. Now, once again, Abraham acts according to his own wisdom, falls into deep, deep trouble. 
Let's, let's imagine this a little bit. The reason I asked the first question is the way we feel, the way Abraham must feel at this point. After the mistake he made, his wife is taken, the promise that he held on for now almost 25 years for a son is at risk. It will not happen. If the king touched her, that's the end. That's the end. So how do you think Abraham felt? How? Sitting down all by himself inside the tent without his wife. Yes, some of us explained it pretty well. The guilt, the guilt, what have I done? What is going on? What will happen now? So for the duration of Sarah being away, we can imagine what Abraham felt. What does God think of what I did? Is he punishing me for my weaknesses, my fears? What is God going to do? Oh, this thought, I'm sure, gave him sleepless nights, heart pounding, fear, worry, anxiety. All these things would probably be with Abraham. But Abraham experienced 25 years of God taking care of him. So if he was like us, he would be thinking, wait, God has been with me all this time. He saved me so many times. Perhaps God will save me again. That glimmer of hope I'm sure Abraham had. And then, when the king returns Sarah, instead of, well, there's a little bit of a rebuke, but instead of the king saying, get out of my country, I don't want to ever see you, instead, the king blesses Abraham with much wealth, animals and slaves and money. Ooh, what is this? What is going on here? Go back to the original question. I've fallen into sin and I, I've made a huge mistake. And then what happens? Then what happens? Once again, I ask, how does God feel? How does God feel? So what's going on? After making such a mistake, doing things on his own against God's will, why is God blessing Abraham? Why? He doesn't feel the way we do. He doesn't. We make a mistake. What's God feeling? He loves you. We fall into see what's God feeling. He still loves you and blesses you. That's the strange thing that is so hard for all of us to accept. For me, same thing. You know, this morning, um, I don't think uh, I've told many of you, I was in Phoenix for, for the week, and I came back, it was yesterday, red eye, first time I was in a red eye, I was exhausted yesterday, and I fell asleep, tried to stay awake, fell asleep at night, at 7 o'clock, and got up at 12, at 12.30, and I was preparing sermon, and sermon preparation went pretty well, I kept awake, and it was 4 o'clock in the morning, and I fell asleep, put my alarm at 7 o'clock, and the alarm rings, and in my sleep, I turn it off, and I go back to sleep. Uh-oh. 
as you have noticed today in the morning, I came a little late. So I wake up, it's 8.17. I wake up, startled, oh my God, what time is it? And I look, it's 8.17. How do I feel? Awful. Yukon is not here today, I should be here early. And I'm struggling, and I still have to buy food. I go to the supermarket, I struggle, and I, and I get here, and I don't think anybody really noticed me late, <laughs> right? <laughs> Nobody noticed me late. I wasn't discouraging to anyone. Oh, during that while, in my mind, oh my God, is God, go, is God going to be with me today? Is he going to be with me when I'm preaching? I rely on God to be with me when I'm preaching. As you know, I'm very shy. Words don't come to my mind easily. The Spirit has to really work in me in order for me to, to know the words I'm going to say. I could prepare all I want. Many times I prepare, I practice like five times. I come and I forget everything. I have to do something new because I don't want to be reading. I have a lot of things written down here. I don't know what I've written down here. It's the Spirit guiding me to speak. And I'm thinking, my God, God is not going to be there. I'm going to make a fool of myself. I think I did all right today. Yeah? That's how we think. That's not how God thinks. So what's going on here? Remember last Sunday, God reckoned Abraham righteous, and he'll never take it back. Why? Because he believed. And I explained last time that he reckons us righteous when we understand what Jesus did on the cross and believes. And once he reckons us righteous, he will never take back. If we are righteous before God, why would God punish us? Why would God be upset? God only sees the righteous, the righteous young, the righteous all of you. So no matter what we did today, yesterday, what mistakes we made, what sins we have fallen into, God is not going to look at those sins and say, oh my God, what did you do? No, he's going to continue to bless you. So I committed big sins yesterday, wake up today and nothing, nothing. There's no punishment coming down on me. Instead, you receive new mercies, new strength, new power, daily bread. Everything you receive days before when you, when you didn't fall into sin, you will receive it today in the morning. It's refreshing. When you understand that at night, we can come to God and say, God, forgive me for all these things. And it's gone. It's gone. In the morning, you don't remember. God doesn't remember. It's called forgiveness. Repentance and forgiveness. So I'm thinking that Abraham, during that time when, when Sarah was not there, he would be repenting before God. What have I done, God? Forgive me. Thinking all these terrible things might happen to him. And instead, God blesses. God blesses. It is faith. It is understanding. So we want to be where exactly Abraham is. For God to bless us no matter what. So in your mind, in my mind, in our hearts, we believe that Jesus died on the cross. Every sin mistake we made, he's the one who took all the punishment. He's the one who took all the consequences. So that, even if we do fall into sin, all we have to do is confess it. God, forgive me. And God blesses us. 
just as if, just as if we have the righteousness of Jesus.